Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. I want the Holy Spirit to move. I want the power of God to change your life. And so we want to give liberty to the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. So I'm praying tonight, Lord, that you would just speak through me. God, I'm praying that people would hear your voice. I'm praying, God, you'd open people's eyes to visions. I'm praying, Lord, tonight, many that listen to this will get dreams. Lord, we just pray, open up our eyes, open up our understanding, help us to humble ourselves, to get in the secret place, and to know you like we've never known you before. I really believe something supernatural is going to take place during this teaching. As I said, I it's in. there's a lot of information and a lot of Bible I have to give you, but we're believing not just for information, but for revelation, for demonstration, for transformation. I mean, what else ends with nation? I don't know. We're believing for the power of the presence of God. So welcome in. Do us a huge favor. Like and share the broadcast. That helps us out tremendously. And then also pray about monthly partnering with us in 2024. You can do that on my website. That's the best place to do it. We're able to do this for free because we have partners. That's the bottom line. It helps us tremendously. We're viewer supported. We are at episode 163 of our Monday night teachings. Tomorrow night, we have a Demon Slayer podcast at six o'clock with me, Pastor Mike Signorelli and Pastor Vlad. That will be amazing. It'll be streamed on all of our pages. Apostle Pagani is not able to make it tomorrow, but he'll be on the next one. He just has prior stuff he has going. So we can't make tomorrow, but we're going to be talking about criticisms, about deliverance, about thinking everything's a demon, about focusing too much on deliverance, not enough about Jesus. We're going to talk about once saved, always saved. We're going to be talking about what else? Um, Demon Slayer drama. People apparently are getting kicked out of the group. We didn't even know about that, but we're going to be talking about it and addressing a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be really good Q&A style. So if you have a question, you can post that on the flyer I posted today or on the YouTube page. Or you can fill out an Instagram form tomorrow when I post that. So that's going to be a good time tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Don't miss that. And then remember to make sure to sign up for the uh, emergency email list in the description. January 28th, I'll be in San Bernardino at the Wayworld Outreach. And February 24th, I'll be in Antioch, California. And I'll post those dates very, very soon. What's wrong with me? Why have I not posted those dates yet? Help me, Holy Spirit. We're going to post those dates soon. It's going to be a good time. So here we go. I missed the start because I'm in Mexico. You didn't miss anything. We're just getting started. Today is a very, very important day because I believe as we learn about this, God is going to open up our eyes to this. So we're actually not just going to learn about it, but it's going to give us a chance to experience visions and dreams from God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a natural life. I don't want to live a natural carnal Christianity. I read the Bible and go, they had dreams and they had visions and they experienced God and they encountered his presence. I want that. Let me know in the chat, do you want that? Do you want encounters with God? Do you want to experience God? Don't let religious people lie to you and say, God can't be experienced. He can only be known about. No, we can experience the God that we serve. We can encounter the God that we serve. So if I read about dreams and visions all through the Bible, why would I think that this no longer happens? Why would I read about it all through the scripture and then know that these are not just promises for those in the Bible, but promises for me and live my entire life never having a dream or never having a vision. So we're going to learn about this tonight. And I'm praying that it's not just going to learn. We're not just going to learn, but something's going to activate in us. I know some of you might be thinking, are dreams and visions really that important? Is warfare at night really that important? Does it matter if I dream or have visions? The answer is this. You spend one third of your life sleeping. 
The war, the spiritual war does not stop, stop when you sleep. God does not speak, stop speaking just because we go to bed. And in fact, a lot of us are so busy in the day, the only time God can speak to us and get our attention is at night. We Think about how distracted we are as a culture. All day long, distracted by social media. Come on, chat, let me know. I'm staring at the chat right now. Distracted by social media, distracted by work, distracted by school. And then I know what it's like, just like you know what it's like. You finally get to lay down, get all the kids out of the room, lock my door. I don't want no kids around. I have one hour to lay here, relax, to just unwind and then go to bed. Okay, all day long I've been working and busy and laboring. And then I get to lay in bed and relax and I fall asleep. Usually, you know, most of you fall asleep pretty quick because you're tired throughout the day. Does God stop speaking when we sleep? No. Is nighttime the only time a lot of us can, God can get our attention? Yes. So we need dreams and visions. We need God to speak to us. It's possible, this is why it's so important, that God is speaking and we're missing it. The way God speaks is not like the way we speak person to person. It's not as conventional. Can God audibly speak? Yes. I believe it's rare. I've had heard the audible voice of God twice. Some people never have. Some people have more than that. But God usually doesn't speak, even in the Bible, audibly. God speaks through dreams, visions. You'll hear a still small voice in your spirit. You'll hear a whisper. You'll see a sign or a wonder or God will speak through a preacher. I have videos on that of God speaking, but it's usually not like this where we're speaking person to person. Now tonight, biblically, God is speaking through me. So God is speaking to you through me as one of his vessels, and that is biblical. But remember, we're not hearing God with our physical ears. We're hearing God with spiritual ears. The Holy Spirit moves in the realm of the spirit and must be perceived spiritually. Whatever God is doing or saying, it's happening in the spiritual realm. So let us not get so distracted by the cares of life that we don't receive the messages God is sending us. If that's in our sleep or that's in visions, I'm going to show you how to get yourself in position to get a vision. Like I've never had a vision from God. I want to get one. I want to get in a place. I'm going to show you where to go to get a vision from God in scripture. But oftentimes we get distracted by life. And then hopefully we have time to talk about how to know if a dream or vision is from God or from the devil. It's not very hard, but I want to show you that if we have time. Here's the bottom line. Write this down. God is longing to communicate with you. What kind of relationship would we have with anyone if we never communicated? Communication is the key to relationship. So if God is sending me messages, I want to make sure that I have a clear signal to receive the messages. Have you ever texted someone and then months go by and you think they're ignoring you and you finally see them and they go, oh, I got a new number. So the entire time you were texting them, they had a new number and they weren't receiving your messages. They were never getting them. I believe God is often sending us messages through dreams and visions. And because we don't have our spiritual eyes open to God and we're not hungry for God and we're not in our word and we're not in the secret place, we don't receive them. And you're like, oh, sorry, God, I changed my number. Oh, sorry, God, I'm, I have no service. My service is cluttered. It's too busy with everything else I've been doing. So we want to open up our spirit to let God speak to us and believe that God can speak. We need to have faith. Faith is essential in receiving dreams and visions. This is what I struggled with for years. Let me know if you're like this in the chat. I just don't dream. This is what I used to say. I'm just not a dreamer. And I wrote it off thinking God doesn't desire to speak to me at night. But then God's like, where's your faith? Where's your faith to believe that I want to speak to you at night? Where's your faith to believe that I'm the God of the impossible? I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So I want to receive those messages. I think because we're not informed about dreams or visions or we ignore them or we don't steward them properly, God doesn't speak to us that way. But I'm saying tonight, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I want you to speak to me in dreams and visions. Look at what Matthew chapter five or six says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Now, Jesus is clearly not talking about dreams and visions in this passage, but he's showing us a biblical principle that unless you're hungry for something, God will not fill you. So you have to have a hunger. So if you're hungry for the Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're hungry for spiritual things, you'll be filled with spiritual things. If you're hungry for spiritual gifts, God will give you spiritual gifts. So in the same way you intentionally get filled with wine, because remember the Bible says, don't be filled with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit by longing and desiring. Most of the times, dreams, visions, outpourings of the Spirit, they don't just happen. We have to put ourselves in a position to receive them. That's why the Bible says you hunger, then the river comes. People think one day the river is going to come and revival is going to be here. No, no, no. I've been in several revivals, legitimate revivals. Um, one of them went about a decade. The other one's still going. It's going on eight and nine years. I was a part of starting that amazing revival. And friend, understand, the hunger comes. This is very important. I'm preaching good tonight. The hunger comes and then the spirit gets poured out. The hunger comes and then God releases the dreams and visions. The hunger comes and then revival comes. Revival doesn't come and then all of a sudden you're desperate for God. If you're waiting for that, it's not the way it works. Thirst and then rivers of living water come. So I have to be thirsty tonight. I have to be hungry tonight for God to speak to me in this way. Again, I used to say, well, I'm not a big dreamer. And I just would disregard my dreams and not write them down and not care about them. But then God said, Isaiah, why are you like that? You need to have faith. You need to believe me for dreams. And I've had life-changing dreams, life-altering visions. I've had visions that changed my life. In fact, everything I'm doing today is a result of a vision I had in 2011, preaching to millions of people, being on stage, traveling all over and preaching. I saw myself doing that in a vision the night I got saved literally in a vision that I got saved. So I'm right now walking out 13 years later, I'm continuing to walk out a vision God gave me 13 years ago. And it, it propels me forward. It encourages me. I've had dreams that have brought direction, that have brought encouragement. So is it biblical to, let's say tonight, pray for God to open up our eyes to visions? Is it biblical for God for us to pray to have dreams? Well, 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 tells us about Elisha and his servant and they're surrounded and the servant says, my master, what shall we do? Elisha responded, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed. This is what Elisha prayed. Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw mountains full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha surrounded by chariots and an army that's going to kill him, kill him and his servant. But he sees around that army is an invisible army. That's the armies of God. So we might be surrounded, but the enemy surrounded by God. And Elisha prays, and I quote, Oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And God opened his eyes and he was able to see in the spiritual realm. He was able to see in a vision, an open eye vision of what was going on in the spiritual realm. So yes, it's biblical to pray that we can get visions. It's biblical to pray that God would speak to us in dreams. Let me ask you this. Why would it not be biblical to pray for God to speak to us? Just for those cessationists in the chat that say, oh, it's not biblical to have dreams and visions anymore. 
I'm sorry to tell you, it is so dumb, yes, dumb, to say it's not biblical to ask God to speak to us in dreams and visions. How does that make sense? If, if speaking, if dreams and visions are a means by which God communicates and you're in a relationship with God, why would you not want God to communicate with you? Chad, am I crazy? I want God to speak to me. I have things going on in my life right now. Decisions I have to make. Plans I have to make. Things I need to do. I need God to speak to me. Come on, chat. Are you there? I need God to speak to me. So I'm asking God to speak to me because he's alive, because he's not dead, because he's not religious, because not everything he had to say for all of time is just in the Bible. The Bible says not everything's in the Bible. Of course, we can go to the scripture and God speaks through that, but God also and can speak to us through dreams and visions like he did in the Bible. Well, have they ceased? No. Are they for yesterday? No. Is miracles for yesterday? No. Are the gifts for yesterday? No. They're all now. They're all for today. We have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit can still speak to us. This is the same spirit that raised Christ is, in, is alive in us now. So like the gifts of the spirit, when it comes to receiving dreams and visions, there's different manifestations of dreams and visions, but it's the same spirit that gives all of them. Just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, there's a variety of gifts. There's a variety of miracles. In the Greek, there's multiple types of dreams and multiple types of visions for the sake of time. We don't have time to go into all of those. I'll go into one or two of those tonight, but just know these are very important. There's varieties of encounters. We don't just all have the same encounter. Don't be mad that someone's encountering God in a different way than you. And don't be mad if you're not encountering God in a way that somebody else is encountering God. Oftentimes a dream or vision comes and the same reason why a gift of the spirit manifests and that is to bring wholeness, purpose, clarity, direction, a deeper revelation of, of uh, intimacy or repentance. So these things always come to benefit the body and to benefit us and to bring life change. Again, I've had visions in the past that have changed my life. I'm doing things right now because of a vision I had. So I'm praying for visions. I'm praying for dreams. And we're going to pray for that tonight. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to release this upon us. What is the key to dreams and visions? Okay. I'm going to give you the key here. And I have also seven reasons why this is so important. I'll get to that after because it'll help you guys break this down. I have a lot to cover if you haven't noticed. What, what is the way I could receive a vision from God? Okay. Dreams will come when you are consecrating yourself when you live a life dedicated to God, when you're thinking about God before bed, when you're playing the audio Bible as you fall asleep, come on, these are some ways, when you're seeking the Lord, when you're living holy, one way to shut down your dreams is to start watching pornography. One way to shut down your dreams is to get stressed out and busy all day long and go to bed thinking about anxiety and fear and depression. These things will hinder your dreams. But when your mind is open to God, your eyes are open to God, you're in the word, you're fasting, you're in prayer, you're being spiritual, that's one way to position yourself for dreams. A way to position yourself for visions, and I know you guys aren't gonna like what I have to say here because we're lazy and distracted and we'd rather be on TikTok. Let me tell you why, where most of your visions are gonna come. Let me tell you where you can receive encounter with God, revelation from God, and visions from God. This is in none other than the most important place in the world. If you don't spend time in this place, do not expect supernatural experiences. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, the secret place. This is important to go. Now, remember, before Jesus taught how to pray, Jesus taught where to pray. And it's not just important what you pray or how you pray. It's important where you're praying at 
And this is one of the most least talked about places in the church, and that is a secret place. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you struggle to connect with God? Have you ever felt like you're not as close to God as you want to be or you believe you should be? Do you ever feel like you struggle to get in the presence of God? Do you ever feel when you're praying distant from God? Like God is a million miles away and not listening to you. I mean, you're praying all the right things, but there's it feels like a massive chasm between you and God. And no matter what you pray or how you pray, you're praying in front of a closed door. Anybody, anybody ever felt that way? Okay, chat, thank you. I'm not the only one. I thought I was the only one tonight. Here's some good news for you then. There is, man, the Holy Ghost is so good. A guaranteed way to get in the presence of God. If I told you tomorrow at six o'clock, Jesus Christ is gonna be at the local Walmart. Every single one of you, every one of you, even you target shoppers that hate Walmart, you'd be at Walmart because, I, because you know Jesus will be there at six o'clock tomorrow. This is the same principle of the secret place. Look at what Matthew 6, 6 says. This is incredible. This is, this is gonna change your life if you get this. Matthew 6, 6, don't click off this video, but you, when you pray, okay? So, so Jesus is gonna tell us a secret here. When you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Where is God? This is one of the greatest life revelations I've ever had that I'll repeat for the rest of my ministry. If you're like, I've heard you say this before, beloved, get used to it because you're going to hear this over and over again in my ministry. Where is God? Um, God, I can't find you. God, where are you? I can't connect with you. And God says, I'm where I've always been. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus told you where I'd be. I would be in the secret place. Remember when Jesus died, the veil was torn from top to bottom. That was the veil that separated us from the Holy of Holies. There's no more separation. The Guys, the Holy of Holies is open 24-7, day and night. The Holy of Holies is open. There's no more curtain. The door has been swung open for you to enter into the secret place in the presence of God. That makes me honestly want to shut down this video and go pray. I'm not going to lie. That makes me say, end stream, I can go in the secret place with God right now? This is life changing. I can meet God tonight and all I need to do is get in my room, get in my car, get in my closet. I don't care if you need to take your coat closet, empty it out and turn it into a prayer closet and say, God, I want to meet you in the secret place. I want you to notice Jesus says your father who's in the secret place. Wait a minute. Jesus just tells us where the father lives. He lives geographically on the earth in the secret place. Now notice he doesn't go to the secret place when you go. He didn't say go to the secret place and your father will go to the secret place. Think about this chap. The father is waiting for you in the secret place. The moment you get into the secret place, you're immediately in the presence of God. The father's waiting for you. So don't be, don't, don't, don't blow him off and, and just not meet with him. Don't let him stay in the secret place and you never show up and God goes, any minute they're going to come in the secret place. Any minute they're going to show up. Like the guy in the movie that gets stood up by his date and the waiter goes, uh, are you sure your date's coming? It's been an hour and a half and the guy's like, any minute she's going to come and the girl never shows up. You all know that famous scene from every, what, Hallmark movie you guys are watching. I don't even know. Is that Hallmark Lifetime? I don't know. And it's like, that's God in the secret place waiting for us to go. He's waiting for us. 
So the secret place is the father's address. This is the place of encounter. This is the place of vision. You want to receive visions? You want to receive prophetic dreams? Get in the secret place. How do I get to God's house? The address to God's house on the earth is Matthew 6, 6, secret place drive. If you want to know God's address on the earth, Matthew 6, 6, secret place drive. That is where you're going to find the father. That is where you're going to hear from him. That is where he's going to speak revelation to you. You know, you no longer have to wander around like an orphan. You can boldly go to the place your father lives and encounter. He's waiting for you. So what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for some encounter to draw you in? No, guys, the encounter is in the secret place. Like I'm waiting for an encounter to get there. No, no, no. The encounter's there. You're not waiting for the encounter. The encounter's waiting for you to get there. You need to get in the secret place with God. Stop letting the devil keep you out. The devil's literally working overtime to keep you distracted. He's afraid of you going here. There's no place he's afraid of, of, of you going more than the secret place. Why? Because when, I need to do another live stream on the secret place. I'm, getting too, I'm going too long here. I'm getting too excited. When you go and spend time with God, you automatically become like God. When you hang around new friends, you start talking like them. You start acting like them. You start dressing like them. You start walking like them. This is why you shouldn't be hanging out with a bunch of lukewarm Christians because you're going to become lukewarm. You need to hang around who you want to become. So you got to be careful hanging around people that aren't of God. But when you hang out with God, you become like God. Now, you might be saying, well, how do I get there, brother? This is a spiritual place, not a physical place. We can all access it from anywhere. Remember, God is not in a physical location. God is spirit. Jesus said those that worship him must worship in, type it in the chat, spirit and in truth. So what you need to do is get in and shut the door. Shut the door. The shutting of the door is the entrance to the unseen realm. The entrance to the place of encounter, dreams, visions, and revelation. There's one element where there is power when you get into your room and shut the door. With the intention of, I'm going to seek the Lord. And, and guys, I need to do this more. I really, I had a friend recently give me a nice, soft rebuke. Because I was distracted with, this person made another video about me, all this stuff. And my friend said, you need to get back to the secret place, Isaiah. Get back to the secret place. And you know what? I couldn't say, I've been in the secret place. I, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. My stress, my worry, my anxiety, my worrying about, oh, so-and-so called me this and so-and-so made another video. They lied about me. All of that drama and stress I was going through was a result of I've gotten out of the secret place and I've gotten into the public, the public place of worrying about social media, numbers again, and this. Who cares about all of it? My friend said, get back to the secret place. We got to get in the secret place. We have to live in the secret place. I'm trying to do that. I was going to say, starting next year. No, 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 no. Not starting next year. No New Year's resolution. Now, I need to start getting into the secret place. I need to shut the door. Now, not just a physical door. Now, you guys know when you get in the secret place, what happens? You start getting text messages. Your Facebook alerts going off. You're thinking about what you're going to eat. The moment you start praying, this is what happens. I forgot to pay registration on the car. I have this responsibility. I have an appointment tomorrow without a babysitter. I just remembered my kid didn't get their homework assignment done. My kids are this. I got to do this. It's like duty calls the moment you try to get with God. What do I need to do? Shut the door. Shut the door. Not just the physical door. Now, shutting of the physical door speaks to removing the distractions and getting alone. For sure. But there's also a shutting the door of the mind where your mind's being flooded and you go, okay, I'm turning off the phone to shut the door. 
I got to shut the door. Shut the door in my mind. Shut the door in my soul, my emotions, my will. Not just the physical door. I got to shut off every other voice. Everything else needs to be shut out. And I need to be before God. He needs to be the center of my affection and attention. Everything else needs to go. The TikTok needs to go. The Instagram. Guys, I have something crazy to tell you. You don't have to text, text them back right away. Oh man, that's going to set someone free tonight. You don't have to text people back right away. People are like, why didn't you text me back? Because I didn't want to. I didn't have time. I was trying to pray. I was trying to read. I don't know why we have this thing. And I, me too, me too, where we feel like we have to instantly text people back right when they text us. No, my Nest doorbell just went off. I don't have to look at it right away. It's probably just another Amazon package. I don't need to respond right away. I don't need to look at my Instagram every five seconds. I don't need to check my YouTube analytics every 15 seconds. I don't need to check my emails. I gotta, I gotta check this email. I gotta get back. Really? What's more important, God or getting back to that email? What's more important, God? It can wait. Well, you didn't, you didn't uh, like my video because I didn't like your video. You didn't share my, you didn't look at this. You didn't comment on this. I, I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. I'm sorry. It's nothing personal. I don't have time to comment on your post. I don't have time. You need to let your family know, I'll get back to you when I get back to you because I'm tired of spending more time responding to you than I am responding to God. You better preach that, Isaiah. If I had sound effects, I don't, I don't really like sound effects, but if I did, boom, 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 I'm pressing all my sound effects. You need to get back to God and respond to God more than you respond to friends and family. This is what the Lord's saying. We're going to move on. It's time to shut the door in the face of distraction. It's time to shut the door in the face of compromise. Nothing is getting me out. Nothing is stopping me. No one's pulling me out of the secret place. Nobody. Doesn't matter. I'm shutting the door and I'm getting alone and I'm determined. This is where visions birth. This is where you'll encounter God. Now, the main difference between dreams and visions is simple. Okay, I want to simplify this tonight because I could go an hour on the secret place. This is not titled the secret place. This is titled dreams and visions, but it's very important that you know this is where you facilitate dreams and visions from God. You want to start dreaming? Pray yourself to sleep. And type one in the chat if you know what it means to pray yourself to sleep, where you're literally, you fall asleep praying in tongues. You fall asleep praying to God. You're so tired that you, I'm going to pray my, I'm going to pray till I fall asleep. You start praying as you sleep at night, you'll open yourselves up to encounters with God. Now, again, I want to be simple. The difference between dreams and visions is dreams happen while you're asleep. Visions happen while you're awake. That's it. Very simple. It's not complicated. Oh, I don't know the difference. That's it. Dreams happen while you're sleeping. Visions happen while you're awake. Now, there's a great verse in Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 that speaks to both of these in one verse. And it says this. If a prophet is among you, I, the Lord, this is Numbers 12, 6, I, the Lord, shall make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak in a dream. So we're seeing the difference here. God is going to make himself known to the prophet in dreams and visions. Now, that's old covenant. New covenant, God says, it's not just the prophets and the, and the uh, prophets that have access to get this prophetic revelation. Now all believers, I'll pour my spirit on. All believers will be able to hear this, okay? So there's visions that can be while you're awake. Well, they are always while you're awake. And they can be open eye or they can be closed eye. I've received both. And oftentimes, you might not even know if your eyes are open or your eyes are closed. And you might not even know that you're having a vision. Some of visions open eye will be so real, you'll think it's real life. And this happened to Peter in Acts chapter 12. Peter bro broke out of prison, and this is what it says. Peter followed him out of prison, 
but Peter had no idea what the angel was doing or was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. So Peter didn't, couldn't tell the difference between getting broken out of prison in real life or being in a vision. So it shows the nature of visions that they are very close to real life. You can literally have a vision thinking it was real life and it'd be a vision that God is showing you. So the best way to think of this, visions are dreams in the day. Very similar to the way you fill in a dream, that's how you fill in a vision. I was in a vision one day in prayer and I was standing up praying and I went into a vision. It was an out-of-body experience. The Bible would call it a trance, but it was a vision. And I felt like I was outside my body and I was seeing literal people being tormented by these disgusting demons. I can write them down and show you. I still remember them vividly. And they were in the sky, throwing people off cliffs, torturing people, tormenting people. And I'm seeing this horrific thing in this open air vision or open, I don't know, closed eye. I don't know what. I was out of body seeing this. I came back to my body. I woke up in my body. Well, I didn't wake up, but I came back laying on my back and God told me, I just showed you the second heaven. That's where the battle takes place. That's where demons are tormenting humans. The demons you saw were tormenting real people on earth. And that was the second heaven where the war takes place. The devil is the prince of the power of the air. The third heaven's where God is. The second heaven is where the devil and his angels are and where the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness are. And the, remember, the devil's the prince of the power of the air. And we're, we would be in considered the first heaven. This is the sky and where we are, the physical realm. God said that was the second heaven. I didn't ask for a vision. I didn't ask God to do that. I was in prayer with like 10 other people, 15 other people. And I woke up and I don't know, 20 minutes had gone by. It felt instant. And God showed me the war going on in the second heaven and it freaked me out. But it showed me the reality of warfare. These are real demons, real spirits, tormenting people on the earth. I didn't ask for that vision. I was in prayer and God took me in that vision. So again, I don't have time to go into the out-of-body experiences, all of that. But these are different visions that you can get that God can give you to show you something. God can do whatever he wants. Okay, God can do whatever he wants. There's no limit to God. Matthew 17, 9 says they were coming down from the mountain. Jesus commanded them saying, tell the vision to no one until the son of man has risen from the dead. Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is raised, raised, risen from the dead. And this was Peter, James, and John on the mountain when Elijah and Moses appeared and were speaking to Jesus. This was actually a vision they were having. On the Mount Transfiguration, when they saw Elijah and Moses, they saw, him in, they saw them in a vision. Some people say, well, Elijah and Moses were dead. How could they come back on the mountain? It was a vision they were having. And Jesus said, don't tell anybody about this vision. So God will use visions to reveal divine revelations. Again, I've had visions of the second heaven. I had visions of me preaching on stage the night I got saved. I've had visions of me reaching all the people I'm reaching now. God showed me these things in a vision. Sometimes you will get a vision as you're falling asleep. Some of you are like, well, how do I know if it's a vision from God or the devil? We're going to talk about that later. It's going to be very, very simple. But yes, God will give you visions. Okay, so let me give you seven reasons why. Because I tried to figure out how I'm going to do this teaching. There's a, too much information just to go on here. Let me give you digestible seven reasons why dreams and visions are so important, of course, in the Bible. And every single one of these, I will give you, of course, a scripture. We're not just here spouting out opinion. I'm going to give you a scripture. Number one, the purpose of dreams and visions, the reasons why they're so important. And share this video, guys. We have 2,300 on. Let's get this out there to 3,000. It would be awesome. Number one is divine communication. Dreams and visions are a means of God directly communicating to us. And they're a way of God basically conveying important messages, instructions, or even warnings. We see in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, God spoke to Joseph three times in a dream. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But when he considered this, behold, an angel appeared in a dream. 
And that Greek word is in, is in an onar. That basically means when God speaks to you in a dream. Now, I want to really quick, because I don't have time to go into this deep. God cannot just give you dreams, but God can enter into your dreams and speak to you in your dreams. So you could be having a regular dream. God can show up in your dream and speak to you. This is what happened. This is what Joseph received in Onar. This was a common dream, God speaking in a dream. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived is of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel commanded and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. You want to talk about how important dreams are. Look at this. God used a dream to tell Joseph Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Could God have just showed up and said, Joseph, Mary's pregnant. It was not, you know, she was not being promiscuous. The Holy Spirit impregnated her and she's pregnant with the son of God. Could God have done that? Yes. What does God do? He speaks in a dream. Interesting though. That's the first dream. He receives another dream in Matthew chapter two. And the dream God tells him, flee to Egypt in order to protect Jesus. And Joseph got up in the middle of the night and left. Look at this though. When you see God, I got to slow down. Speaking in dreams in the Bible, the people immediately obey. So God requires immediate obedience. Joseph's in a dream. God says, flee, because they're trying to kill Jesus. And the Bible says, Joseph, Matthew 2, immediately gets up and leaves in the middle of the night. So, hey, God might require us to do something radical in our dreams. You might wake up in the middle of the night and God might say, break up with that person. Okay, you might have to send that 3 a.m. text. You might have to send that 3 a.m. text saying, hey, we got to break this off. I just had a, a, God just spoke to me. I got to break. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be a home wrecker out here. I'm not trying to be a relationship wrecker. My point is when God speaks, we need to obey if it's God. God does not speak to us in dreams and visions to suggest something. God expects obedience. God is not saying like, hey, maybe you want to check this out. God speaks clearly and directly and you'll know it's from God. A third time God speaks to Joseph. How do you think he did it? In a dream and says, go to the land of Israel and people looking to kill Jesus are now dead. So Joseph got up and took the child and came to the land of Israel. First dream, he says, Mary is going to be, is your wife. She's pregnant of the Holy Spirit. Second dream, they're trying to kill Jesus, flee. Third dream, go into the land of Israel. The people that look to kill Jesus are dead. Every time he got a dream, he recognized it was from God. He obeyed the dream. He recognizes, then obeys. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you. Like, how do I know it's from God? I'm going to help you. I have a whole nother video on dream interpretation. Maybe I'll redo that video to teach you how to interpret your dreams, but that's a whole nother video. Um, God can warn you of danger. This could be danger in relationships. This could be physical danger. This could be danger at work. Maybe there's a, maybe there is a road you take to go to work every day and you keep having this dream that you're going to wreck on that road. That could be God saying, take a different road that day. There's an act, there might be an accident. I don't know, but I know that God can warn you of danger. Maybe there's a relationship or a person that you're going to get into business with. And God warns you, don't get into business with that person. Maybe whatever it could be, God can warn you of danger in dreams. If you have a dream, you got an accident on the way to work, go a different way. If you're having reoccurring dreams of a relationship going bad, maybe God's showing you there's danger in the relationship. God has a way of guiding us in dreams and visions. God can also, interestingly enough, 
speak to unbelievers. Now, this is mind-blowing to me. There's a lot of Christians that don't believe God can speak to speak to us in dreams anymore, yet God speaks to unbelievers in dreams all the time. In countries where it's predominantly Islamic, they report that, have y'all heard this? Let me know in the chat. Talk to me. They report that they're having dreams of Jesus by the thousands. Have y'all heard this going on right now? This is happening right now in Gaza. They're having dreams of Jesus appearing. So you're telling me God can speak to unbelievers in dreams, but can't speak to us in dreams. Now, is it biblical to for an unbeliever to have a dream? Yes. Matthew 27, 19. Pilate's wife suffered greatly in a dream, and the dream was, have nothing to do with this righteous man. Pilate's own wife warned him not to mess with Jesus because of a dream. So God was giving an unbeliever insight into what was going on. So God can speak to unbelievers. In fact, one prayer I would add to your arsenal of prayers when you're praying for friends and family, God speak to them in a dream. God, show up to them in a dream. Reveal yourself to my unsaved kid. Come on, chap. Reveal yourself to my unsaved husband. Reveal yourself to my spouse. Uh, let me give you a few other unbelievers God spoke to in dreams. Genesis chapter 20, verse 3, Abimelech. Genesis 31, 24, Laban. Genesis 40, verse 5, Pharaoh's butler and baker. Genesis 41, Pharaoh. Judges 7, Midian. Daniel 2 and Daniel 4, Nebuchadnezzar. Those are all unbelievers God spoke to in dreams. Now, what is the purpose? The main reason God gives unbelievers dreams is to turn their hearts towards him because he wants everyone to repent and no one to perish. So dreams and visions, number one reason why they're so important to have in your life is his divine communication, divine communication. Number two, it's on the screen for you guys. I'm making it easy mode. Number two is prophetic revelation. God will reveal his plan prophetically to you in a dream or vision. What's your scripture? Remember, I'm going to give you a scripture for every point I make tonight. Daniel chapter 2, verse 19 through 23. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Some translations say dreams. And this is why I'm telling you guys dreams and visions are similar because a night vision is translated to a dream in the Bible. So a, a dream is just a night vision. Really, literally. It says, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven and Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the time and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness and light that dwells with them. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and might. And you've made known to me what you asked of you, for you've made known to us the king's demand. So these are God giving Daniel revelation, revealing future events of what's going to happen to Nebuchadnezzar, giving him insight into God's plan. Prophetic dreams, as in Daniel's case, are a glimpse into God's unfolding divine purposes. God will give you prophetic download, prophetic revelation in dreams and visions. So in my vision... Remember the night I get saved, I'm on stage preaching to all these people. I'm seeing myself in Korea. I'm seeing myself reaching masses of people. I'm seeing myself persecuted for the gospel. I had all these experiences in a vision. All of that would be considered prophetic revelation. Why? It was something that hadn't happened yet. It was future and God was unveiling it. He was revealing it to me. He was unpackaging it to me and showing me what would happen in the future. Now I'm standing in that prophetic vision that God gave me. So dreams and visions are for prophetic revelation, to get prophetic revelation from God, to show your future. I believe some of you, I'm prophesying this, that this week you're gonna get dreams and visions. I'm praying tonight, 
Some of you are going to get a dream of the ministry God has for you. You're going to get a dream of what God has for you five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road in a prophetic dream or prophetic revelation. Father, I'm asking you tonight, Lord, give us dreams and visions, God. Lord, we want to hear from you, God. We long to hear from you. We want to know you, God. Communicate to us your plan in dreams and visions. This is the prayer we're going to pray at the end and the prayer we're praying right now and the prayer that needs to be on our mind is that God desires to communicate with me prophetic revelation. Okay, number three, why, why are these so important and why, what are the functions of dreams and visions? Guidance and direction. Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. We, we just talked about this. Then, look at this, being divinely warned in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They returned to their own country another way. Verse 13. Now when they had departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, take your young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you a word. Herod is seeking the young child to destroy him. Joseph's dream played a crucial role in making sure Jesus stayed safe and directing the family to take him out of Egypt. God will guide you and God will direct you through dreams and visions. Now I will note caution here. You need to make sure it's a vision or dream from God and not the enemy. But usually, the devil's not going to give you a vision to preach to people. Amen. Like, I don't know if this is a, a dream from God. Uh, what was your dream? It was a dream of me preaching to people, me sharing my faith at the grocery store, me reaching homeless and feeding the poor. I don't know if it was God or the devil. I don't think the devil wants you preaching. I think anything that the devil shows you or anything that God shows you is going to be antithetical to the kingdom of darkness. It's going to be the opposite of what the devil wants you to do. So if God is showing you something, it's not going to be something that the devil wants you to do. You got to understand that. There's a difference between the devil's plan and God's plan and a dream and a vision is a way that you're able to tell, okay, this is what God wants. This is what the enemy wants. And the, the basically what God is speaking is going to be anti what the devil is going to be trying to say to you, okay? But how did he get directed in a dream or vision? God might also show something he wants you to do in a dream or vision. God might show you witnessing to somebody, starting something. And this is found in Acts chapter 9, verse 10. It says this, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Look at this. And the Lord said to him in a vision. So again, God can come directly and speak audibly, all that. But God is choosing to speak to people in visions. And this is harama uh, in the Greek. This is a certain type of vision. God spoke in a vision. This is what God said in the vision. Ananias. And Ananias said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said, get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying. He has seen in a vision. That's a harama. It's the same type of vision. Saul has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Look at this. God used a vision to tell Ananias to go pray for Saul who Saul had a vision that Ananias was coming and neither of them were shocked because God showed both of them. Do you guys see this? I've had tremendous things happen that didn't shock me because I already saw it in a vision. One of those things was my brother getting saved. My brother was a big time drug dealer, a big time partier. And literally my brother texted me when I got saved and said, I'm purposely going to go to hell just to prove to you that not everybody you pray for is going to get saved and get delivered and all of this. And God showed me in a vision, my brother worshiping at the altar, my brother serving the Lord alongside of me. And so I wasn't worried. I already saw him get saved in a vision. And whenever he got saved and my family called me and said, you'll never believe Nico had this encounter with God in our parking, in the driveway and all of this. I wasn't shocked 
because I already saw it in a vision. So this is why when God gives you a vision of something, believe the vision. Then you're not going to be shocked when your healing comes. If God shows you in a vision you're healed, you're not going to be shocked once you get healed because you're going to say, I already saw that in a supernatural vision. So this is the importance of visions. God will show you maybe a vision of your family praying or worshiping or seeking the Lord. Now my brother has been with me full-time ministry for 13 years, right by my side. He's full-time with us in the ministry here. He's the one that's doing all my editing and my thumbnails and my flyers and my videos that are being posted. Literally what we're doing, I couldn't do without him. And he's right there with me. Saw it in a vision. So God wants to show you things in visions. God will give you instructions to do things. If God speaks to you and says, I want you to do this, but it's in a dream, obey the dream, obey the vision, okay? In Acts chapter 10, verse three, Cornelius had a vision of an angel coming to him. And in that same chapter, Peter had a vision, which was actually a trance. It's the Greek word ecstasis. But Peter had a vision. So these are powerful visions and dreams that these people are getting in the book of Acts. Paul had a vision. In Acts chapter 16, a man of Macedonia came and said, come to Macedonia to help us. And immediately he went to preach. And this was the first time Eastern Europe heard the gospel. Do you know why Paul went to Eastern Europe? Because of a, of a vision. Because of a vision. He literally had an encounter. A man of Macedonia said, come to Macedonia. So do you guys see how powerful this is? Joseph having dreams, Peter having dreams, Paul having dreams. Yet now you have some crusty religious Bible teacher telling you, oh no, this isn't for today. These, these stopped happening. Listen, brother, maybe it stopped happening with you, but it didn't stop happening over here. I've had powerful dreams and visions and I don't know what you're talking about. It stopped happening. Maybe for you, maybe your prayer closet dried up. I don't know. Maybe there's cobwebs in your prayer closet. Maybe you don't have them because you don't believe in them. Imagine teaching against dreams and visions and then saying, I don't know why I don't have them. I know why you don't have them. You don't believe in them. I don't believe in dreams and visions. I've never had one. Brother, think about what you just said. I don't believe in dreams and visions. I've never had them. Why? Why don't you believe in them? You can't say because of the Bible, because the Bible doesn't say what you're saying. So the only thing you say is tradition or religion has convinced you out. And you can, that's cool. That's cool. Stay, stay in the stands. Continue to cheerlead. Continue to say deliverance isn't for today. Miracles aren't for today. That's fine. Stay where you're at. But I'm, I'm, trying to live my, I'm trying to live a supernatural life with Christ. I'm trying to see the sick healed. I'm trying to see demons cast out. I'm trying to hear from God. I want to hear his voice. Why? Because my sheep hear my voice. That's the words of Jesus. So it's, it's just like, man, I got to either believe this religious lie that God doesn't speak anymore and God's just dull, or I can look at the word of God and go, oh, this is alive. The book of Acts, the Bible. I love what Pastor Mike Signorelli always says. The Bible isn't a story of what God did. It's a story of what God always does. That is such a good quote. The Bible isn't a story of what God did. It's a story of what God always does. He's always healing. Come on, chat. He's always delivering people. He's always speaking to his people. He's always giving dreams and visions. God is moving in powerful signs and wonders. Acts 18, 19. And the Lord said to Paul in a vision, in a night by a vision, do not be afraid any longer. But go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. No man will attack you or harm you. I have many people in the city. And he settled there for a year and six months teaching the word of God. Again, God's speaking. So here Paul is having a vision, not a dream, at night because he stayed and, and because of it, stayed in the city for a year and six months. This is what I see in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit leading people. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's a good word there. Number four. Dreams and visions will confirm the promises of God. 
Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. Am I not giving you guys verses for all of these? One thing people can't say is, Isaiah is not using the Bible. Every one of these, I'm going to give you a verse to back up my claim here. My claim is, God will use dreams and visions to confirm his promise. My, my Bible is Genesis 15, verse 1. I'm sorry, Genesis 15, verses, uh, yeah, verse 1. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So God comes in a vision to Abram and encourages him, confirms his promise, and says, do not be afraid. Verse 2, but Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Verse 3, then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, no one is born in my house as my heir. Verse 4, and behold, the Lord came and said, this one shall not be your heir, but one will come from your own body that shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look at this, in a vision, now God's bringing him outside. Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. How did this happen? In a vision. Read verse one of Genesis 15. The Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, do not be afraid. And they have a conversation where? In a vision. God gives him a promise. Abram says, I got no kids. I got no heirs. What do you mean? I'm going to have. And God says, this one here is not your heir, but I'm going to give you descendants that will outnumber. Look, he, he says this, look up, look at the stars. You're not able to number them. So shall your descendants be. And what did, what did Abram do? Believed in the Lord and he accounted to him for righteousness. He was accounted in right standing with God because he believed the vision. He believed what God spoke. Do you think it's important to get believe God's vision for your life? Yes. Dreams and visions, God can confirm or reaffirm his promises. And in this example, God reassured Abram through a vision, confirming his covenant and promising descendants as numerous as the stars. So maybe God's giving you a promise tonight. Maybe you have a vision for your life and God wants to confirm it. Don't be afraid to ask God for confirmation. Number five. It, good thing we didn't do 10 because I originally was going to do 10 reasons, but I'm glad we brought it down to seven. That's a great number. Number five, because we're already an hour in, is encouragement and comfort. Acts chapter 18, verse nine. Uh, verse nine I already talked about this, but I'm going to say it again. And the Lord said to Paul in a, a vision by night, do not be afraid any longer. I'm Go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you. No one will harm you. No one will attack you. And Paul stayed there for a year and six months. So God encouraged him and God comforted him. So in dreams and visions, during challenging times, God will bring comfort to you. God will reassure you. God will encourage you, just like he encouraged Paul to keep preaching in Corinth without fear. Prophecy is also often encouragement. This is a great way that God will bring encouragement. You also might get dreams of other people for you to tell them and you to encourage them. So God might give you a dream about someone else that God wants you to call them or text them or, I mean, email them if you're 90. God wants you to message them and say, hey, I had a dream about you and I want to encourage you this, this, and this. I had a girl, um, me and my wife had trouble having our first kid. Well, actually all of our kids were miracles. I think when we were pregnant with our second or third, the doctor said, you shouldn't be able to have kids to my wife. Um, it's an absolute miracle you can have kids. But yeah, God's a miracle working God. We didn't know that, but we just were, thought it took us a long time to have kids. So our first daughter took a little over a year, about a year and a half for my wife to get pregnant. 
And this girl had messaged me on Facebook, some random girl from a church I preached to, actually a young girl. And we were trying and trying and trying. She literally told me, I had a dream of you and God showed me you're going to have a daughter at this time in this month, she would be born all this, all these crazy details. And I'm, I tell my wife, I'm like, look at this message I got like this girl. And this was again, how long was this? Maybe a year and a month or a year and two months before we found out we were pregnant with justice. Some girl way in advance has a dream and the exact month she told us justice would be born, justice was born. I mean, this girl, this was before my wife was pregnant, this was before any of this. Like, it was impossible. But she had a dream and it was encouragement to us that, okay, hey, this is God. This is God speaking to us. God spoke through this girl that we're going to have this. And we look back and we laugh. We're like, this young girl had this dream and it was accurate. And it was encouraging to us that she sent it to us. It was right on the day, right on the month, right on the time. I mean, it couldn't be more accurate. But again, God can give you dreams and visions of other people to help encourage, for help to help you bring encouragement to them. Now, don't be going out sharing all your dreams unless God is telling you to because you might end up like Joseph. Okay, so not every dream you should talk about and tell people about. I'm very leery about prophesying marriages, babies, or finances. Those are the three things I just personally don't prophesy. But hey, if God gives you a dream for a friend or family and God says, give it to them, share it with them because you never know. We always look back at that and go, man, we thought that this girl was missing it or something because it took us so long to get pregnant. We looked back after years and we're like, this girl had it right there. She knew the exact time and all that. So God can speak through that way, okay? God can also not just encourage and comfort you in dreams and visions. God can give you a new conviction new convictions. In Acts chapter 10, verse 9 through 16, let's look at Peter's vision of the unclean animals. And this is literally in your Bible titled Peter's vision. Verse 9, the next day as they went on their journey, they drew near city and Peter went up to the housetop to pray. So let's ask ourselves this. What is Peter doing when he receives a vision? I want a vision. Everybody in the chat says, I want a vision. What is Peter doing when he receives a vision? I taught you guys this in the beginning tonight. So I'm giving you guys biblical principles here. Peter was, type it in the chat, praying. He went on top of a house to pray. And in the sixth hour, verse 10, he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. A trance is, I don't have time to go into it. It's an open eye vision. It's an out of body experience. It's a type of vision, but it's more out of body than a regular open eye vision. Okay, but he went into a trance. So trances are biblical. The new age has stolen them, but they're actually a biblical principle. Verse 11, he saw heaven open and an object like a sheep bound at the four corners descending down to the earth. And it were all kinds of four-footed animals, wild beasts, creepy things, and birds of the air. And a voice came and said, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. Verse 14, Peter said, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything uncommon or unclean. And a voice spoke to him and said, when God is cleansed, you must not call it common. For what God is cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken into heaven again. Okay. The vision was, of course, about Peter eating unclean things, no longer call unclean what I call clean. He was observing the law, all that. But that's not really the point of the vision. The point of the vision was understanding the gospel was meant for both Jews and Gentiles. The Gentiles were unclean. They didn't deserve, if you're not watching, I'm putting air quotes on. They did not deserve the gospel message in the eyes of the Jews. They were dirty. They had to literally dust their feet off when they were around them. But this vision led Peter into a shift of perspective. Now he had a conviction he didn't have before. 
he now had a conviction that one, this food is now not unclean anymore because I'm in a new covenant. But that wasn't the main point. The main point was, the new conviction was this. Wait a minute. The gospel's also for the Gentiles. And we know in Acts chapter 10, Peter is preaching to them. And what happens? He's in Cornelius' house. The Holy Spirit falls on them. And then Peter tells the religious people, wait, guys, God is now reaching the Gentiles because he validated his message by the Holy Spirit being poured out on the Gentiles. So God was validating the word and Peter realized now the message was good for the Gentiles. So this is a very, very, very powerful reality here. Changing of conviction, changing of direction. Okay, now lastly, lastly, dreams and visions. And then I'm gonna go into really quick. Um, man, I got too much stuff here. Okay, I wanna go into discerning if it's from the devil, from God, all of that. Just simple questions you can ask. And then we're gonna pray, okay? Because I try not to put these too long because if I go hours and hours, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, people don't end up watching them. They're too long. So I'm trying to keep them an hour, but I want to make sure I get all the information across. Number seven is warning and correction. Matthew 27, 19, Pilate's wife has a dream. And this is what it says. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with this man. I've suffered many things in a dream because of him. So she had a warning from God in a dream not to do anything to Jesus. Of course, it was all part of God's will that Pilate would have a hard heart and would continue to do what he was going to do. But Pilate's wife says, I had a dream. This is a good man. Don't mess with him. Of course, Pilate didn't listen. But you can get warning. You can get correction. God can do these different things in dreams. Um, be very careful. If God gives you a warning dream of something or someone or a warning vision of something of someone, heed what God is saying. Heed the word of the Lord. Don't be ignorant. Don't try to keep going on, okay? All right, really quickly here, sources of dreams and visions. Really quick. There's three sources of dreams and visions. Source number one is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can be trusted out of these three things. He's the only one that has reliable information. He's the only one that you should follow. And he's the only one who you should obey. And the Holy Spirit will never speak against the word of God. So the Holy Spirit is the first source of dreams and visions. The second source is the human soul. And the human soul is able to voice thoughts, ideas, receive dreams, or even visions. Look at what Jeremiah 23, 16 says. It says, do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying. They fill you with false hopes. They speak from visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of God. So they are speaking visions. Where are the visions coming from? Their own mind. Someone said, bet you won't go four hours. Don't bet me, brother, because I will. I literally will. They're speaking from their own mind. So you can get a vision or a dream from your own mind. It is possible to get a dream, not from God, not from the devil, but your own human mind. Have you ever watched something before bed and then you have a dream about it? That wasn't God. That wasn't the devil. It's because you watch something. It's in your mind. Okay. You could eat some certain type of food and then have a crazy dream. Not every dream is from God. Not every dream is from the devil. Also, these things are birthed from our own mind. Ezekiel 13.1 says, the word of the Lord came. Look at this. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are now prophesying, saying to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. And, the, and then it says, woe to a foolish prophet who follows their own spirit for they have not seen anything. Their visions are false. Their divinations are a lie. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say... The Lord declares and expect him to fulfill their words. Wow, that sounds like stuff that happens today. 
Verse 7, have you not seen false visions and uttered lying divinations when you say the Lord declares, though I've not spoken? Okay, so they were prophesying out of their own hearts, their own emotion, their own imagination, their own mind, and they were expecting God to back up their prophecies. And God says, why do you say I speak? It's lying divinations. I am not speaking. I've not spoken. So be very, very careful when you're prophesying out of your own human spirit. And if you've prophesied before, we've all been there. We're like, okay, this is getting off. This feels like me now. Okay, it's not God. It's, it's me. So you can get dreams from your own. So I don't want to come in tonight saying every dream's from God or the devil. No, 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 no. You can get dreams from yourself. Okay, third source of revelation is a demonic spirit. This is obviously sometimes comes as an angel of light. This is something you don't want to listen to. Demons can speak in dreams. It seems to be that, how do I word this without freaking people out? It seems to be that people that have demons inhabiting them oftentimes receive more demonic dreams. But there is some weird way where demons can also infiltrate our dreams even if we're not demonized. I don't know how it works in the spiritual realm. I'm not an expert. Uh, nobody knows fully how this all works. But it seems to be that demons can infiltrate our dreams, attack us at night in our dreams. But if you're demonized, that is, you have an indwelling demon, it's more likely to have demonic dreams or demons attack you at night. Now, it's not literally Satan giving you dreams. Remember, Satan can only be at one place at one time. So the devil is not in your dreams. The devil's not giving you dreams, but his minions, his demons, because the devil's the prince of the demons, the demons can attack you at night. The demons can infiltrate your dreams to an extent. One good way if you want demons to infiltrate your dreams is have a dream catcher. If you have a dream catcher, you're giving demons access to your dreams literally. So get rid of all those dream catchers. They're demonic. But also, if you're demonized, demons have some type of access to your dreams. Okay? So number one, the Holy Spirit. Number two, the human spirit. And number three, the, the demonic spirit. So the question is, and the last thing we're going to answer, how do I know? How do I know where these dreams or visions are coming from? We're going to do three tests. Write these three tests down. Very simple. I'm going to try to keep them as simple as possible. Three tests to tell where the dream or vision is coming from. Test number one is find the origin of the dream. This is what we call testing the spirits. I see Troy Black in the chat. He said discerning of spirits. Yes. This is number one. Discern the spirit. Test the spirit. Find the origin. Those are all number one. It's all the same thing. You're going to first find where did this dream or vision originate from? Was it from God? Was it from the human spirit? Remember, three sources, Holy Spirit, human spirit, or human soul, or demonic spirit. Now, number one to test it is, where did it come from? 1 John 4, 1 says this, don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone to the world. Okay, so if I want to know if it's from myself, I got to ask myself things like, was it born in the mind? Does it feed my ego? Is it something I desire? Is it, is it me, me, me? Is it selfish? That's probably possibly coming from myself. Now, I might if ask if it's from Satan, I might say, is it destructive? Is it dark? Is it demonic? Is this dream or vision luring me away from God? Is this dream or vision lustful, sexual, violent? Okay, these are things I'm asking. And if it's, yeah, it's a sexual vision, a sexual dream, then I know the source is not from God. God is not going to give you sexual dreams. Are you guys with me here tonight? Let me know in the chat. God is not going to give you perverted dreams, perverted desires, perverted visions. You are not going to have a vision that God gives you of a naked person. That's going to be the devil, a demonic spirit. 
when I say the devil, I mean a demonic spirit, not literally the devil himself, or your own human soul, your own human spirit. So again, these are the questions I ask when I'm testing the spirit. What's the source? And then if I want to know if it's from God, I would ask things like, was my spirit focused on Jesus? Did I feel peace when I was getting this? Did I feel comfort? Did I feel, did I have a drawing towards God? Did I have a desire to serve God more? Did this give me a desire for the word of God, for prayer, okay? So these are number one, I'm examining the source. Now, I don't have to keep testing if I know it's not from God. I'm gonna throw it out and say, okay, that was a demonic vision, a demonic experience, or a demonic dream. Okay, I'm just gonna throw it out. It's not from God, I'm not gonna waste my time. If, if it is from God, or I'm still worried, I'm gonna go into step number two. So number one is finding it, testing the spirit. Number two is examine the content of the dream. This is important. First John 4, 5, look what it says. Dear children, you are from God and have overcome them because none of you who is in, because the one in you is greater than the one that is in the world. They are from the world and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth from the spirit of falsehood. Okay, it's examining the content of the dream or vision. What was happening in the dream or vision? If it's for myself, I was the centerpiece of the dream and vision. I was the one being exalted in the dream and vision. I was the one that the dream or vision was all about. That's probably for my own human ego, my own self. If it's from Satan, it was probably fearful. It was accusative. It was destructive. It was negative. It was a violation of God's nature. The content of the dream or vision was in violation of the nature of God. It was violating the word of God or it didn't want to be tested. When, when dreams or visions don't want to be tested, they're probably not from God. If prophetic words or prophetic people don't want you to test their words, it's likely they're not from God because if you're of God, you don't mind people testing you. So examine the contents to see. That's very, very important. If it's from God, it'll be uplifting. It'll be instructive. It'll be comforting. It'll um, accept testing. It'll line up with the word of God. It'll encourage you to walk with God, to pray, to fast, to seek the Lord. Those are all things that would be of God, okay? And then lastly, number three, so you discern the spirit, you check the contents of the dream or vision. And guys, I'm trying to keep it very basic tonight. I'm not trying to get into some deep, deep thing, thing okay? I just want to open up your mind to this, open up the Bible to this. I've given you tons of verses and get you dreaming and get you getting visions. And honestly, ultimately getting you in the secret place. Let's be honest. I want you to get in the secret place and encounter God because I know how life-changing it is. And I need to do it more. Okay, number three is you need to check the fruit. What is the fruit? Remember, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruits. Men do not gather grapes in thorn bushes or figs from thistle bushes. So we have to test the fruit. Okay, so we've tested the spirit. We've examined the contents. And now, what type of fruit does this produce? Is this producing humility in me or pride in me? Is it exalting my flesh or is it crucifying my flesh? And if it's demonic, again, does this bring me into bondage? Is the fruit of this vision going to bring me into bondage? Is the fruit of this vision going to make me anxious and confused or inflate my ego or result in, you know, me turning from God? Is that the fruit of this? Is the, is the vision or dream telling me to do something to turn from God? Then I know it's demonic. Okay, so you're checking the fruit of it. What, what's the purpose of this dream or vision? And if it's from God, it's going to bring you peace and joy and love and patience and perseverance and knowledge, enlighten you, bring you into humility. So we got to look at what is the testing the spirit. 
examining the contents of the dream revision. And these are very simple. And then number three is what is the fruit of the dream revision? Those are ways that you're going to be able to discern whether something from God or whether something is from the devil. So now let us pray. Let us pray here. And then I'm going to give you guys a chance to give in this broadcast, but we're at our, let me turn this off so we can pray. Um, there we go. Okay. We're an hour and 10 minutes in. Let's ask God to speak to us. Let's ask God to speak to us. Won't he do it? Why would God not do this? Why would God not desire to speak to us? God wants to speak to you prophetically. It's not just for some people. The book of Acts says the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh is for right now. This is that that Joel spoke about in the last days. I'll part my spirit on all flesh. So every one of you can dream. Stop saying, I'm not a dreamer. Stop saying, I just don't get visions. This is the moment now. God wants to speak. I'm sure of this because the Bible says it. That's why I'm sure. Because I have all the scripture saying God wants to do this. God did it. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. And he'll do it again. So Father, we pray right now, God, just as Elisha prayed that his servant's eyes would be open. Tonight, God, we pray that you would open up our eyes. We pray, God, you would open up our eyes, that we would get dreams, that we would get visions, and that we would get revelation from you. God, I pray that you'd release prophetic revelation, prophetic guidance, prophetic wisdom, God, understanding. I even pray, this is what I hear the Lord saying too, is some of you, the devil has tried to rob you of your dreams, discourage you, make you forget your dreams, but he will no longer cause you to forget your dreams. But I hear the Lord saying, you will remember your dreams. You will remember your dreams. You will write them down. Your dreams will bear fruit. Father, I pray, let the dreamers dream. God, we are open. Just, just tell God this as we pray. God, I'm open to you speaking to me at night. God, I'm open to you giving me visions. God, I'm open to you, to you speaking to me about things I don't know. God, I'm open. Open my eyes, God, to the spiritual realm, if that's what you want. God, I'm open, Lord. I want this, Holy Spirit. Fill me with dreams and visions, God. Lord, I'm, I'm a vessel tonight, God. And anything you want to say to me, I'll obey in a dream or a vision, God. You just speak to me, Lord. I'm available, God, to speak to me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, do what only you can do. Help me, God, to walk in your holiness and to walk in your word. God, I pray that your promises would come to pass in my life. I pray for every person in the chat that you would give them guidance in their dreams and visions. You'd show them direction in their dreams and visions. You'd show them of danger and trouble in their dreams and visions, God. I pray for every person in this chat, give them eyes to see, give them ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to his church. God, let us be a supernatural people. Let us be a people of the word. Let us be a people of the Spirit. Let us be people that walk in divine direction and divine revelation and not walk according to the flesh. No more flesh. The Lord is saying to us tonight, no more flesh. No more walking in ego. No more walking in carnality. No more walking in natural. God is opening us up to speak to us spiritually. Those that worship us worship in spirit and in truth. Our God is a spiritual God. Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he spoke then, he can speak now. The gifts have not ceased. Miracles have not ceased. Dreams and visions are not over. If God can speak to Muslims in their dreams, why can't God speak to you? Come on, ladies and gentlemen. God wants to speak to us in our dream. God wants to encounter us at night. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for new vision. Thank you, Lord. Some of you need a new vision tonight. You're dry. You're tired. You just feel you're weary. God is going to give you new vision, new dreams. I'm praying 
I mean, I feel so much faith right now. I'm praying tonight I'm, I'm going to dream. Get your notes app ready. Get your notes wrap, app ready. When you wake up in, at night, in the middle of the night or in the morning, you're going to remember your dream and you're going to write it down. You're going to write it down. God is going to speak. Lord, speak to us. Visit us in our dream, God. We give you, we give you permission. Why wouldn't he? If he did it all through the New Testament, all through the book of Acts, if the book of Acts is our blueprint, if the Bible isn't the story of what God did, it's the story of what God always does, why wouldn't he speak to us like he did in the book of Acts? Do you see a closing in the book of Acts and amen? No, I see the last chapter of Acts, an entire island gets healed. Well, you know, as the book of Acts closed up, the miracle ceased. What are you even talking about? The last chapter of Acts is the most supernatural. An entire island gets supernaturally healed. Paul gets bit by a poisonous snake and shakes the snake into the fire. Come on, some of you need to shake the snake tonight. Shake the devil off tonight. No devil, you're not going to stop my dreams. And some of you, you really do need to get rid of that dream catcher. Get rid of that. It's demonic. It is not catching demons. It's giving you demons. Get rid of every dream catcher, necklace, earrings, above your bed, all of that. And some of you, you need to stop watching pornography. Oh, some of you, all of you need to stop watching pornography if you really want dreams and visions. The devil wants to use pornography to close your eyes to visions of God. I'm telling you, if you keep watching porn, don't expect to see holy things with your eyes. How are you going to get visions of God and see something so holy when your eyes are glued to a screen looking at naked images all the time? Break out of that perversion. The devil's a liar. Stop watching porn, all of you, all of you, not some of you. I misspoke there. Okay, they're going to clip that and be like, Isaiah says only some people should stop. I misspoke, all of you. Let your eyes be open to God. If I'm putting my eyes on demonic things, some of you, you, what's stopping your dreams and visions? Horror movies. You're watching all these horror movies. I don't know why I'm I'm having scary dreams. I know why, because you're watching demonic horror movies. Maybe you need to stop watching that crime documentary, you know? I had to stop watching those because I was watching the first 48 hours and I'm like, I don't know why I'm having nightmares every day. Oh, I know why. Because I'm watching forensic shows. I'm watching shows about people investigating murders. No wonder I'm having bad dreams at night. You need to stop watching those shows before bed. I'm serious. Some of you are watching these shows and you're like, oh, the new murder crime thing. I get it. I get it. I used to love those shows. But you know what? Shutting down your prophetic eyes. Shutting down your dreams. You can't be watching those. You don't want your your you don't want your your eyes to be tainted. You don't want your eyes to be tainted. You want eyes to see. Put your hands over your eyes right now and say, "Lord, give me eyes to see." Lord, give me eyes to see. God, I want to see you. God, I want to know you. Open up my eyes. Open up my eyes. Lord, no more lust. No more perversion. God, I'm giving it up. I'm giving it up. All these shows are a distraction. It's time to stop scrolling your life away. Scroll through the scripture, not through TikTok. Scroll through God's word, not through Instagram reels. Scroll through the book of Isaiah, the book of Ezekiel, the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get on the, some of you are on the 90-day TikTok challenge. Get on the 90-day Bible challenge. We just got done finishing the Bible in 90 days with our community. Get off the 90-day. Some of you are like trying to speed run watching every TikTok video. You're out of TikTok videos. It won't even refresh anymore because you've watched every single one. Get off the 90-day TikTok challenge. Get off the 90-day, as much YouTube I could watch, and get on the 90-day Bible challenge. Consecrate your mind. Consecrate your imagination. 
You know, the first seven days of January, we are going to do a live stream every single day. And guess what we're going to do? We're not going to be teaching. Well, some of it will be in the prayer, but we're going to be praying for the first seven days of January as a community. We're going to go live every single day. We're going to meet together and pray. What will happen if 5,000 of us come together live every single day for seven days and cry out to God and pray? Asking God to touch our lives, asking God to heal our bodies, asking God to anoint us, asking God to pour out spiritual gifts, asking God to save our family, asking God to invade our communities, asking God to bring revival to our churches, asking God for spiritual gifts to stir up, asking God to consecrate our imaginations, asking God to break our idols and shatter our compromise and crucify our flesh. Seven days we're going hard into 2024 in prayer and fasting and crying out to God. Every single day, I'm going to be with you together. I'm going to be leading you. And we're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And we're going to consecrate ourselves before the Lord and say, God, I can't have another year like this. I can't be lukewarm another year. Let's just saturate the airwaves with the anointing and the presence and the power of God. And let that fire flow. Let that Holy Spirit flow. And let God do what only he can do. God, bless your people tonight. Consecrate eyes, God. Lord, we consecrate. We make a covenant with our eyes, our imagination, God. Let it be holy. Let us fall asleep praying. I really feel that. What time? I'll post a schedule. It'll be six o'clock pretty much every day of the week, except for Friday. We'll have a, a, a morning prayer, afternoon prayer, and then a stream on Friday night, a special pro podcast I've already planned. But then we'll have a prayer in the morning or afternoon. And then Saturday, probably night, and then Sunday at night. We're going to be praying. We're not going to be playing. We're going to be praying. Because God is calling us to consecrate ourselves for seven days to Him. Dedicate yourself to prayer and fasting. Thank you, Lord. Open our eyes. Let us follow you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, let me know if this blessed you in the chat. Um, also, please pray about partnering with us. There's almost 3,000 of you, 2,700. If everybody gave a dollar... It'll be more than enough. If you don't have it, then don't give it. But if you can afford to sow into this, everything helps. Thank you, Troy Black. Appreciate you, brother. Said great stream today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you for the love and the support. Thanks, mom, as well. So, guys, if you can afford, partner with us for 2024. You know, a lot of partnerships are getting canceled because they started in the beginning of the year. It's the end of the year now. So, we're seeing a huge dip in partnership. I'm just being honest. So pray about partnering with us on our website in 2024. You'll get 70 sermons, 20% off the merch store. And in 2024, we will be doing monthly partner calls again. You get, I can guarantee that. We'll be doing monthly partner calls and more stuff with our partners. But that's on the website. If you were a partner and you've canceled, pray about committing to 2024 to partner with our ministry. We've been now going on five years in January. We're going hard. We're reaching people. We've reached over, what, 150 million people this year. And we're continuing to try to reach more people with the gospel. I'm giving my life to this full time. This is all I'm focused on. And so we're viewer supported. All of our stuff's free. Now you might be in the chat say, I can't afford it. And that's fine. Stay for free. All of our content is free. And I'm praying by the grace of God, it'll stay free in 2024. I can't imagine me ever having to charge for it, but I'm praying that people keep giving because again, it's just, we're going week by week here. We're surviving week by week here um, with people giving. I'm praying that it'll it'll continue and we'll have another year being able to do this full time for free. So thank you guys. The cash app is not up. Uh, if somebody will remind me before next week, it'll be up. So I got to get that done. I got to get that done. Okay, so thank you guys for giving. The links to give are there. Again, if you can't afford it, please. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiasaldivar.com 
for more content and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.